Welcome back to the Baseball Blue Book Podcast. My name is Eric Wobinaw, the president of the Baseball Blue Book. Are you in the book? The most comprehensive directory since 1909 is now available for download on Google Play and Apple Store. You can also visit us at BaseballBlueBook.com for more information. So make sure you download it today. Costs nothing. It's great to build a profile, add highlights, add your stats for the summer season, uh, and search our comprehensive directory. Find the coach, the program that you are interested in. Before we begin, hit that like button, share, and subscribe. We want to make sure we reach other viewers just like you to get this out. Today's podcast is brought to you by Empowerment Sports Group, a full advisory and consulting firm with over 10 years of experience educating and helping athletes develop within baseball and life. ESG enables athletes to achieve achieve their version of success and positively impact their community. For more information, visit them at esgsportsgroup.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Joseph Guzman and Michael McGinnis over there, great guys, helped a lot of players. I've had the privilege of having them on a couple podcasts with their players. So we're excited to have them as a sponsor. Today's guest is Duke Baxter, founder and CEO of Zone Sports Academy Training Facility in New Jersey and also Amazon's number one best-selling co-author of Taking on the Title of Coach. How are you doing today, Coach? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks so much, Eric, for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm excited for today. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, I am as well. Uh, it's it's always fun to have guys on that have, have really turned uh, their passion into a, a very successful business and, and reading a lot of the things that you've done. Uh, it's exciting. I, I always learn something no matter who I talk to. And so I'm, I'm excited about this as well. So I appreciate uh, you joining, joining the podcast. Uh, why don't we go ahead and start with uh, just doing a quick um, kind of a background, um, you know, 30 seconds of who you are. I know you got a lot of things and we'll probably, and I typically take a few of those things that you list and then that's how we start the whole thing out. So go ahead. Sounds awesome. Well, thanks so much. I, uh, you know, I started uh, Zone Sports Academy in, in 2000 and, uh, you know, so we're, we're 20, we're, we're 20 years into a, an indoor baseball and softball training facility. We teach kids from the age of six years old, all the way up to 76, you know, guys that want to go on and play, you know, down, down in Florida and play in some of those fun fantasy leagues to teaching a kid the first time that's doesn't even know what's what, you know, what hand to hold his glove on. So, uh, you know, that's what I've been doing for the last 20 years. And, you know, we, I took that passion and, and kind of geared it during COVID and we started to coach coaches on how to help players, how to run practices, how to, you know, have some fun, engaging drills. And my passion stemmed when I, when I was younger, about seven or eight years old, uh, you know, I started playing T-ball and, you know, had, had a, had a really hard time in the beginning because I was playing with older kids and I just had an awesome coach that, that really just made me feel good about myself. And even though I was the youngest kid, never made it like I was the youngest kid, right. you know? And so as I started getting better and better, just, just really, really enjoyed the sport. I think because it's so challenging and the, you know, the, yeah, baseball and softball are just so challenging, right? You fail so much at it that you have to be able to pick yourself up and yeah. move on. And along my journey, I've had great coaches and just wanted to give back to the game. I've always run camps through high school and in college would come back and help with camps and, and really just 
realized I didn't just love the game itself. I loved teaching it as well. I loved, uh, you know, helping others enjoy the game the same way. And that's, you know, when, when we started Zoned and created that and it's, it's, it's blown up into something much, much bigger than just, you know, uh, a, a, a facility. It's, yeah. you know, so I love it. You you you, you kind of have a you have a, a an enterprise. I mean, you've gone you've gone from just a an, a training facility uh, to a book. You you do a lot of the videos online, helping the coaches. I really like that because one of the things that you mentioned is uh, you've learned from the good and the bad, and you just talked about the good coaches that influenced you to kind of get you know where you're at today. You've taken a lot of those goods. Um, what are some of the things you know? We we always learn from the bad. Um, and we're going to probably focus a little bit more on, on how you're teaching coaches because I, I really like that. I think that's a, a great thing to, to really focus on. But what are some of the bad things that you've experienced that you're, you're able to take those bad things and kind of turn them into something that could work for the kids? Right. That, that's an awesome question. I think that some of the bad things that I see uh, on a daily basis on the ball field is coaches that are just – they, they overcoach on the field. They're screaming and yelling and, you know, they're just so in the moment, yeah. you know, then they're not realizing that the players have to play, right? An example, there's a runner on first and a ground ball is hit to the shortstop and you have one coach screaming second base. You have another coach screaming first base. You have another coach screaming something else and the kid just freezes and he's like, he doesn't even know what to do with himself. Yeah. You know, as a coach, you coach the kids on what to do and you let them play. They have to see... And, you know, is it really slow? If it's hit slow, my play's the first. If it's hit hard, my play's then to second. You know, it was a play to my right where I had to backhand it. And, you know, so there's so much that that goes on. And I think that coaches sometimes just overcoach. They just give so much information. And the kids just are, like, overwhelmed with that. But, you know, the screaming and the yelling and the, you know, kids end up just getting, you know, it's almost like they turn into turtles and they just go into their shell and it's like, okay, I'm just going to wait till coach tells me what to do, then I'm going to do it. Yeah. Where this is not that kind of game. This game is so anticipation. And, you know, if this happens, then I do this. If that happens, I do this. So I think some of the things that, you know, coaches can take away is, you know, once you teach them in practice, let them play in the game. Take your note card. Yeah. Write the notes down of things that they maybe didn't do well. And that's what you then do in practice. Don't try to do it all at one time and hey Johnny elbow up feet down bend your knees get it and the kids like well, <laughs> how am I supposed to hit when I'm thinking of 16 things and we wonder why they watch three strikes go by it's like well let them hit like let them so coach those are some you, you know it's funny you, you bring that up and all I'm doing is thinking about when I was, was coaching little league and and you said something in, in your book of talking about uh, maybe it was the it wasn't the book, but it was a it was the coaches training um, and the videos. But you you talked about doing kind of these weekend um, uh, clinics for for coaches, right. right? And the weekend clinics are a lot of for these volunteer coaches. They're probably parents of the players that have been asked to to, to coach. And after the after this little clinic, they realize how much they didn't know or how much they are you know just lack of the coaching because. Because I think what happens in those games for those coaches, they're overwhelmed. They're like, oh, my God, I didn't coach anything, right? I didn't tell them what to do if the ball was hit over here. And so I can absolutely see why that is a value because you're right. It's all about anticipation. If you're not teaching the anticipation during practice, 
then you overcompensate for not doing it in the practice, right? Yes, absolutely. So, um, you you know, you also mentioned about, uh, you know, COVID, it changed a few things, obviously. Um, Did that have, uh, were you already doing a lot of the video training prior to that? Was that something that you were already thinking or doing and it just ramped up? Or is that what you really embraced during that, that period of time? Yeah, that's a great question. We, you know, we, we've always videotaped and shared our information with people and really didn't have much of a social media presence at all. Um, I was trying to put some videos on Facebook, you know, and stuff like that, just to help coaches. They would ask me some things, but during code was the first time that, you know, as a person, as a father, I was in almost like in pure shutdown mode. I, I always had a way of making money, yeah. right? I could figure out a way, but when you are a personal trainer or a baseball coach and you no longer can be in person, right. you no longer can have your doors open, right. you no longer could have any kind of contact at all, you then lose, it was all taken away and that was such a scary time, yeah. right? So we then said, okay, how can I reach these kids in a different way? And that was digitally. So we took all of our drills, all of our templates, and even though New Jersey might have been shut down in our facility, well, California was still playing baseball or maybe Florida was still playing baseball and coaches were still coaching around, right? right? right. So we created these courses and we started with T-ball. And so if you're a T-ball coach, first time, here's practice plans, here's drills, here's all the way up until if you want to teach pitching or catching. So we have 20 courses that a coaches can buy that have the ABCs and one, two, threes of how to create a lineup card, how to, you know, position players. And then we turned it into a membership. So when Fox News took this on, people from all over the country were like, hey, Coach Duke, I saw you on TV. You were, you were outside, you know, on the, the blacktop going over how to create a, an agility ladder with chalk on the street, just making a speed ladder. And here's how you can go in and out. And here's how you can. So we just tried to adapt with what we yeah. had. And we really, it turned into something. You know, and and it's it's awesome now. Now we just continue to just grow and help people and help coaches coach. You know, it it really um, it, it, that goes back to adversity. It's even if baseball adversity, right? What do you do when you fall down? Um, that was our the adult fall down uh, uh, moment for for a lot of us, right? Uh, what what do we do? We can't just sit sit down, sit idle, especially entrepreneurs and people that are running. Uh, businesses like yours, I think that's that that's that's fantastic. Now I, I know you have a, you have Steve that's part of your your organization. He actually went to I think he he uh, graduated with an entrepreneur degree, right? Uh, did, did, does he? Yeah, he went to he went to Temple. Yeah, yeah. Did, did he? Some of that were is it a good blend of business and coach, or is kind of you guys just have like mind, like ideas, and it was just a perfect fit going forward. Yeah, you know, it's interesting how, you know, when Steve was in high school, his friend brought him to our facility, I think in 2005. Okay. Right. So he came and started out as a student of mine and it just grew into uh, a partnership, right? It grew into a, like a mentorship slash friendship slash, you know, business partnership now. So he, after he was signed on and went to Temple and then he needed an internship. So he called us. He then interned at Zoned. He then went on to play with the Chicago White Sox. He got drafted by the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Once that, you know, finished off his pro career, he then came back to Zoned. He trained. And then it just turned into, you know, so very 
very like minds, very energetic guy, very good coach. And, you know, I saw a lot of myself in him and it was like, whoa, this is the, you know, the, the 15 year younger Duke. Baxter. It's, it's your, pro, it's your protege, right? It was awesome. It, we do, we do everything together. Dominic the diamond. We started, we, you know, we wrote the book together because we're, he's, he's very, uh, he's an executor, okay. right? He, he executes things. And I have the, the mind of like, Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. And Steve's like, okay, let's, let's take it and put it together. And, awesome. you know, so it's a, awesome. it's a really good, we're a really good team. That's, that's great. So the, um, uh, the, the dominate the, the diamond, you, you, you brought that up. Uh, that that's really just a, a good transition of what you've done. It's the accumulation of everything that you've done over the last 20 plus years. Uh, talk about the, the execution and, and, what what that takes and and what are you what are you you know what is really what people should be looking for um in that course in what you're doing awesome well uh there's over 900 videos in that course so it's the we've turned the course into a membership because everyone was asking for how can we get everything that dominate the diamond has how can we get it all from the temp the practice plans the lineup cards the you know we do codes of conduct a parent code of conduct awesome to help coaches have something almost like contractual to say hey this is what we expect from your players yep this is what we expect from the parents and here's what you can expect from us so it kind of helps those coaches with those overbearing parents and and vice versa right so the parents can understand what is this you know what is this all about yeah um so when we started taking all the videos and putting them into the courses and here's here's infield drills, outfield drills, here's drills if you have more than seven kids, here's how you do this, here's so we kind of took it all and put it together to say, you know what? We need to be able to help supply the the coaches with the tools to go on the baseball field because right. we were doing coaches clinics and there was Eric, you wouldn't believe, I mean, there was 50% of the coaches would raise their hand saying I've never even played baseball before. So I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> 73% of all kids quit by the age of 13 because they're not having fun, right? Right. And, well, they're not having fun because if a coach never played baseball before, right. he has no idea. This game is so hard to coach if you do know what you're doing, Yeah. right? To have 12 T-ballers, yep. even if you know what you're doing, it's still mass chaos. So we wanted to be able to give the the step-by-step -step process of how to be a coach, how to run a, you know, after the game, a pregame speech, how to give a, a, a post-game speech, how to, you know, line up the kids. How, so all that stuff is where, is why we created Dominate the Diamond. And it really started with me putting stuff on Facebook and Steve putting drills on there. And next thing you know, we have 200,000 followers and we're like, wait, I, I, I didn't do that on purpose. You know, and that's when people are like, oh, well, how are you going to monetize that? How I'm like, we didn't even think about that. Like, that's right. that's not even what we're trying to do. Right. So now we're at 250,000. Yeah, we put posts out there, but we never, we're not the, we're not asking for things. We're saying here, I hope you can use this. I hope, let's hear from you guys. Like, so it's, so it's really just a monster baseball and softball community yeah. that we're starting to just help people. No, you know what? And that, that's where, and that's how Dominate the Diamond was born. That's, it's, you are the prototypical social media. You did everything right and didn't even know it. You, you ever listen to Gary V? Yes, Gary, Gary V. Yes. talks about the jab, 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 and then the right hook and the give, 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 and then you ask. And what you've done is basically if you've just given out of your passion 
and because you found the need out there and all of a sudden uh, you've turned it into a, a really a great business. So you've got, I, I just, I, I sit here and, and the, the coaches thing is just to me fascinating because, you know, when 50% of the coaches have never even coached baseball, you've, you've, it's a manual really for the business of being a coach. People don't realize being a coach, even at that lower level, how many things come in. I mean, it's not just lineup cards. It's not just drills. It's not just at the practice or at the games. It's about communication. It's about staying in touch. It's about how you do it. There's so many things that are involved. And I'll, I, I guarantee you started with drills and then you went, you pulled yourself back and went, wait a minute, they need to know the basics of just taking care of kids. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, you know, you know, we start out by, by going on a, a baseball knee and teaching them what a baseball knee and making eye contact with the coach. And I always walk in with name tags and the coaches are like, why are you wearing a name tag? I'm like, because communication is the key to this. Like, I need to know that Johnny and Mikey and, and Luke and Ryan, so when Ryan's picking on Luke, I can say, if I don't have name tags on anybody, I don't know them by name. They don't know me by name. Right. You know, so it's starting from scratch to yeah. that granular of a small piece to then, you know, because the way we talk to the kids is so important. You know, if you say, hey, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're slow or, Hey man, you're, you're just not good at hitting or you're like, that's really yeah. impactful to a kid. Right. right. So coaches need to realize the impact that they really have on the players, yeah. you know, as an adult, as a role model, as a, and I tell coaches this all the time, if you're taking your hat off and you're slamming it on the ground after a kid strikes out and you're wondering why that kid's going into the dugout and slamming his helmet on the ground, because he's just doing what you're doing. Right. So it's not what we say, it's what we do. Yeah. It's our actions. If I'm at third base and I'm like, come on, Johnny, you got this. You... Or if he takes a strike and I'm doing this. Right, right. Well, those are two totally different messages. The the guy that does this, the next kid's probably not going to swing. If I'm like this, Johnny, you got, he's going to have that same, you know, they feed off <laughs> our energy. They feed off our, our knowledge. They feed off like what we do. And, and, they, and, and the whole team will turn into a bunch of coach, yep. whatever's. Yep. How come my team doesn't have energy? Well, you don't have any energy. How come my team? Well, because you, it's like, oh, so it's just, it's just helping them with that. It's know? funny. You laugh because it, it <laughs> seems so basic and it's not, you could probably take coach out of there and put parent, <laughs> parent yes. training, right? What do you, what the only thing you're doing is teaching them how they follow your lead. They, they're going, they're just little people looking for people to, to, to emulate. Right. Yes. And, and that's, and they have such respect for coaches. I think that's one of the things about, uh, and it's sports, it's not just baseball, but, but really baseball takes so much. It, it's, there's so much more than just raw talent in baseball to make it all work. And so they're really looking for that guidance and understanding of what it is. And that's what these coaches bring. So out of all of the things that you're doing, because there's a ton. You're training players from just a hitting and, and pitching and whatever. Uh, you're you're training coaches. Uh, you're you're provide. What are what's the one thing that really, when you wake up in the morning and that's what's on your calendar for for the tasks of the day that man makes you just light up. That that's what that that's what I'm doing this for. Man, I I just I love doing the I love the training. Right, I, I love the training. I love seeing a kid helping a kid get a hit for the first yeah. time. You know, seeing their eyes when they come in and they're like, "Hey, Coach Duke, look at this video." I, you 
I hit my first home run or, well, look at this backhand I made. This is exactly what we were working on last lesson or a coach being like, hey, coach, we won our first championship or, you know, it's just like it doesn't matter how old or how young. It's like they're all it still goes back to the, hey, coach, I, hey, coach, I, you know, yeah. and it's just like you're just it's like you're you're not only a coach, like you're a role model, you're you're a therapist, right? There's kids that are just so stressed out and they don't know. You know, yeah. you're more than just a coach, right? Like right. you said, it's almost like you take the word coach out and you put the word parent in and it's almost right. Or a therapist in. you're a, you're a teacher, you're a co like, you're so many yeah. different things when you're a coach. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people don't realize what it really means. And that's why we started, we, you know, the book taking on the title of coach. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, you're, this is a tough responsibility. Yeah. There's nothing easy right. about taking on this role that you're getting ready to endeavor on or this sport or having to now be in charge of 12 kids that you don't know their ability level you don't know their mental capacity you don't know how they learn yeah. you don't know you know there's just so much and it's challenging no it, it absolutely i i love it because um you know if you really believe how much of an impact the coach has on players and obviously you do um, it, it seems like it would be something that should be mandatory for a lot of these youth leagues because you get a lot of these coaches in that, like you said, have never done it, may have not, may have not even played. And I'm sure uh, just over the years, getting these volunteers is tough. And, and I've talked to coaches. They're like, I'm still coaching this because it's hard to find people to step up. So they're running three different youth leagues. They've got travel teams. They've got this. They've got that because there's very few people. What, what, um, is there anything that you do and, and, uh, you and Steve do to, to help, uh, educate maybe additional, the, the youth leagues to, to help, um, possibly find better coaches or find people that are willing to learn, uh, based on what you guys have to offer? Yeah. What we did actually, this was, this was really cool. It's our first year that we did it. There's a town called Montgomery in New Jersey, and they were saying how their baseball numbers were just declining at a rapid just like everywhere, yep. right? That's, that's not just there, it's all Little Leagues. So what they did was they had Steve and I come in and run every Monday for six weeks practices for all the teams and all the different age groups. So we, would, we went in there at five o'clock, there was 78 four to six year olds and all their parents. So what we did was, was we were running these drills and pulling the parents in to be like, watch, we're gonna show the drill, and then you're gonna. We're each gonna take three kids and do it with wiffle balls, softy balls, blah blah blah. And it was like the parents were having a blast. Like, well, wait, I can do this. Yeah. It's like because of the guidance, yep. and then they were building a little more confidence. Like, okay, like this isn't too bad. And we did it for six weeks. So they did that on Monday, and then on Thursday, the following practice they had, they ran it themselves because they didn't have us there. And now it was like. People in the stands were going, wait, I want to coach. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe I want to try this. And you had the coach that never coached before going, okay, this is a really good tool. Now I kind of feel a little more confident yep. to be able to do it myself. Yep. So I think that by doing stuff like that, you're getting people that, hey, you know what? You, you, haven't, you don't have to play baseball to be a baseball coach. What you do need is you need patience. Yep. You have to be able to be organized and structured. You need to know some drills. You, you know, there's there's different things that you need. You don't have to be a, a rock star because we've all been there where you can take an amazing athlete and they can't coach at yeah. all. 
they just do it, but they don't know what they do, how they do it. They're just good yep. at it, right? And then vice versa. You have the guys that maybe I wasn't that good, but man, is he a good coach. Yep. You know, so you're trying to take those volunteers within the stance because they're all moms and dads, right? Let's face like, I'm a dad. So I, I'm, I'm, I've coached for 22 years, but I'm, so I'm still a dad. Yeah. Like it started somewhere. So you're that, that's, those are the people that we're trying to educate this. So here's the tools to be confident enough to do it. Go try it. Even though it's it's a it's a it's a small subset of of uh, of the players and the and the communities with what you did, do you do you think that that um, the lack of interest in baseball has to do with more things like what you just said than it is of the actual? Um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, do you think it's the the lack of the coaches of the reason why players are going other directions? Because you need people to encourage kids to play, right? Like we said, they follow directions. They follow leadership. I, I think 100% what you're saying. Okay. I always say it's not the coach that wins seven championships and has seven trophies. It's the coach that gets all 12 kids to play again next year. That's a good coach. Yeah. Because I've seen, we've all seen, oh, that guy's got trophies, and but no one wants to play on his team. Right. Well, why is that? Because he's a win-at-all-cost guy that doesn't, he, he, he doesn't bridge the gap. Yeah. Then you have another guy that's, dude, kids love the team. You know, they're talking about highlights. They're having fun. They're Maybe they were, you know, 500. Maybe they won 10 games, lost 10 games, but they can't wait for baseball season. That's a good coach. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to, you know, that's what we're trying to replicate. You know, that guy. Do, do, you, do you think that um, that mentality should be carried over to every level or do you think there is a change of m- mindset and mentality for coaches that's a great question i went this this is um I, i've had through college and pro ball some very strict kind of coaches very like you know you don't you never smile after a loss you never just you know all that kind of yeah. stuff right and then i got flown out for one of the softball players that I coached and she was little, she went to the University of South Carolina. It was her senior night and her dad flew me out there and I watched and it was a totally different ball game. The one team was getting beat by like seven runs, but yet in between innings, they're high five and their music is going on this, that I'm like, they're having fun. Yes. They're not winning the game, but at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're enjoying and playing hard. Like, and having fun doing it. I'm like, right. baseball is the opposite of this. As soon as you're down a run, everyone's getting tight. Everyone's yep. this, everyone's that. And you're like, why, why does it have to be like that? And so I started doing that with the levels at our facility and our academy. And it's like, man, we have competitions. We have, it, it, it's got to be fun for the kids to keep on playing it. Even if they're 13, 14, 15, they still want to play with their friends. Everyone thinks that's only when they're eight and nine years old. No, guess what? When they're 15, 16, yep. guys still want to play with their oh, friends. Yeah. They still want to go yep. do things, have fun. You know, going out to eat after, yep. you know, a game on Friday yep. and connecting families and players and all that stuff matters. If you go to a game and you leave, you go to a game, hey, how are your friends? Eh, who's on your team? Eh, yeah. instead of, hey, we're all going to go here after the game. We're going to go get some steaks. We're all going to, and the kids are hanging out in the parking lot for two hours playing hide and seek and freeze tag like they do that stuff at 16 years old. They do that stuff. It never gets yeah. old. You know? That's awesome. So, That's awesome. 
I think it's important that at all levels you bring that sort of, I, yeah, there's a time to play and you're playing hard, but that doesn't mean you can't have fun doing it. No, that's exactly right. It, it, if, if I'm having fun and I'm, I'm loose, that doesn't mean I'm not serious. You know, and I think that's there, there's that correlation between serious and 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 mad almost. It's it's wait, you struck out. Why are you happy? <laughs> it's like, well, right. I, should I be angry? And and my games now goes you know down the toilet because I'm I'm angry and everything's off. I think that's that's really good. Um, you know, you you, you see that a lot. Uh, there, there's people that talk about the the fun, bringing the fun game back into the game, but then there's also uh, there's a lot of groups of saying this travel ball is getting out of the, out of control or showcases or tournaments and all of these things. I, I, I'm kind of one of those guys of saying that's to me, yes, it's like, it's expensive and it's, it's, it kind of secludes a lot of the players, but it's also the intent is to bring some fun back into the game, right? I, we just had a meeting with ballparks of America down in Branson and I don't know if you've heard of the, this. It's a six six field facility. They've got dorms. They've got they bring everybody in for the whole weekend. They've put laser tag in. They've got an they've got an arcade. They've got a pizza shop. They got an ice cream shop. They keep the lights on until midnight so the kids can go play wiffle ball on the fields. That's fun, right? That's these kids want to go. But they also want to compete because ba- there there is something about it. B- baseball is fun, and we got to bring that back. So I, I guess that was just a rant, a little bit of, of I think we're trying to bring some some of this fun back. There, there's got to be a way of doing it without costing everybody so much money. So I guess that's the that's the lead in question. How 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 do you bring fun into the game without putting that financial burden on? Because because all the, all kids can't afford that, right? There's a lot of parents that. They want to send their kids to these things, but they can't. And the kid wants to go with their friends. What do you? What are your thoughts on that? And and how do you? How do we get around that? Or how do we provide that for for everybody in the game? That's a good question. You know, because we do run a travel organization, and it it is fairly expensive because the tournaments are expensive. Are so expensive. Yeah. And you know, parking at the tournaments are expensive, yep. and you're traveling to, and then you have a professional coach that's coaching the team so yep. to bring the fees down it's almost like well what's gonna something's got to give there right. right so i think that you know there's nothing wrong with you know maybe every other weekend you're going to a tournament but on the off weekends you're bringing in six teams you're just paying umpires and you're playing pickup games against other organizations around the area there you go just to play games yeah. like you know uh, you know that's one way of doing it and i think the other thing that you were talking about that I, that I liked was, I think anytime someone's like, well, you know, should they go to this tryout? Well, what if he doesn't make it? What if, and I'm like, I call it the pressure cooker. You want to be in the pressure cooker as much as possible because in middle school, you're going to try out for your team. At high school, you're going to try out for your right. team. At college, like there's always these, and all through your life, whether you're going for an interview, you're going to a job, you're going to, you're always going to be up on the spot having to you and the other person. Yep. You and the pitcher. You so going to a tryout to put a little pressure on yourself to play. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, what do I need to get better at, or what did I do well at, or what do I, yeah. you know? So I think that doing those things as much as possible only makes you stronger when it really counts. Totally agree. Right now, when you go in for the job interview, which really counts yep. compared to middle, you know, but it all counts when you're at that stage of life, right? When you're in middle school, you want to make that team so bad, yeah. like that's all that matters, yep. and. You know, so I, I think that teaching kids how to try out and what 
you know, what that process is all about. We, I always do end, end of year meetings with my kids after the season. So it's average and ERA and, you know, this and that. But this year I did something differently because as I was writing it down, I'm like, I'll tell the kids what his batting average was or his ERA, but these are other things are more important. What was his attitude like? How was he as a teammate? Yeah. How was his bounce back when something didn't go right? Did he bounce back or did he not bounce back? Yep. And there was a list of 15 things that went along with those other things. And I, I put those other things at the top of the line because, okay, what if I hit 340, but I'm a horrible teammate? Right. My attitude stinks. Well, who wants that guy? Yeah. I don't care if you led the team in hitting. Yeah. I'd rather a guy to hit 280, but he's an awesome teammate. He hustles on and off the field. He's got a great attitude. He makes my team better. Yep. So I wanted to make sure that our kids knew which ones had some of the pieces that they needed to, because those are all the things you can get better, right? You can't, you don't know what your average is going to be at the end of the year. You might hit a bunch of line drives and they got caught and you got some, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't label you as what kind of player you are. But if you're all those other things that you can control, I controlled my attitude. My bounce back was good. I was a good teammate. You know, all those things, that's what's going to, that's what encompasses yeah. and embodies a, a true, you know, teammate that somebody yeah. wants. So trying to teach them at a younger age, at any age, that the importance of those things outweigh your ERA. Well, your you can, you would just, you had said, I, I'd rather have a guy batting 280 that's a great attitude. Great, You can, you can bat 340 and have a great attitude, right? It's like the guy batting 340, 100%. it's not because you were a jerk. <laughs> Right. right. So you could win on both ends. And, and, and the great thing about it is what you're teaching these kids is their ERA and their batting average. You can't take that in. Somebody that's hiring you from a job perspective, they don't, they don't care. What they care about is, so when you were at that championship game and you struck out three times and the bases were loaded and you guys lost by one, how did you handle yourself? Because that can be applied to a life outside of the game and that's where the real strength of what coaches bring to these players and I think that's kind of full circle of what you guys are providing to these coaches is what's what is real um you know I talk a lot with coaches just the one I just talked to prior um he's a West Point grad army guy and we talked old school new school and um you know it was it was what's we're, we're raising men, right? That's what we're doing. At the end of the day, you're, you're going to put a stamp on that person, that little man, and it's going to go with him all the way through his life. If you like it or not, it's, that's going to happen. They're, they're going to remember their coach. They always remember their coach. I remember all my coaches. You remember your coaches. Um, what, that's something that needs to these adults just like you and me we need to understand that and i think what you're bringing to the table is is fantastic so it's it's we're about 35 40 minutes right now this has been a really we could probably talk for another hour i know you got something coming up uh but this has been a lot of fun is is anything else that you want to kind of add to the conversation i i I always do kind of a wrap-up of uh, shout outs that there's is is there somebody um, it's always more than one, but a shout outs to say, Hey, thanks for, you know, helping me get where I'm at. And then if there's anything else that you want to, to, to add to the conversation. Yeah, I, I pretty much just, you know, give a big shout out to all the coaches out there that are trying so hard to, to impact their players, like the coaches that I had 
impact me, you know, because that's what led me on the journey of these are the life lessons I learned the right way to then help all my players yeah. and hopefully when they turn into coaches, you know, so so I think that, you know, everyone at Zoned is, you know, everyone at Zoned, just everybody, you know, everybody, everybody watching and <laughs> that's, of course, what we're doing is just, you know. That's that, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that I'm thinking the whole time when I'm, I'm listening to you is you've created a franchise model, right? You, you have a you have a a successful model for for train for for coaching. And all you're doing is you're franchising that to these other coaches. And at the end of the day, you're going you have thousands of these little franchises all over the place that are following kind of your tutelage and what you've and what you've learned. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. I mean, you should be able to sleep well at night thinking that you know what you're what you're adding, because you there's how many players are you're you're impacting that you'll never meet. Um, that's that to me is is a pretty awesome uh, thing to to think about. So, well, thanks about that. I, I appreciate that. That's that's awesome. Well, hey, coach, it's been an honor. I appreciate this. Uh, we're gonna have to do this again. I'll probably you know, I I I took two or three. Uh, uh, points that I'd like to continue on, on maybe a follow-up, but uh, yeah, let's keep in touch and uh, we're going to get this out there. Guys, check this out. This book's fantastic. Um, the Dominate the Diamond courses, something that we, we, if you're a coach, if you're a player, if you're a parent that has a player, doesn't matter. I think it, it really makes sense to take a look at and check these guys out. Coach, thank you very much. Thanks so much, coach. I appreciate it. Thanks for watching guys. Make sure you like, comment, and share this video. And please subscribe to the Baseball Blue Book Podcast for additional uh, videos and uh, new episodes coming your way uh, every week. Thanks.